If you can't feed 100 people, then just feed one, Mother Teresa. Feed one. It adds up. Good morning. Good to see you guys this morning. My name is Eric Matoya, Pastor of the Grove, and we're thrilled you're here. Uh, first ever Feed One Day for us, and I'm excited to share a little bit more. Uh, we've been preparing the last few months. I went to Haiti back in September, and I've been telling our church, I'm going to talk about Haiti, talk about what they're doing there. I want church to get behind it and, and do some really good. And so the last few weeks, we've been kind of preparing, telling people to prepare for today and uh, be praying, be thinking about how we can help. And so we're just, uh, we're excited for all that's going to happen today. We're excited for, for that. Uh, if you're a guest, I want to say welcome to the Grove. Thanks for coming. Uh, I want to say welcome to all those watching on Facebook Live or tuning in through the through media. Uh, welcome to the Grove today, and uh, we're glad you're tuning in. Uh, it's going to be good. We um, we're, we started a series last week about the heart, and uh, we want to prepare as we get into Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, we want we want our hearts to be generous. We want our hearts to be open. We want our hearts to be uh, ready to be able to accomplish good during this season. Um, and it's important because uh, during this season, it's one of the, can be one of the most challenging seasons for a lot of people. And if, if we look for opportunities as individuals to do good, uh, to, to be able to, to speak life, to speak hope, uh, we can actually help uh, people's days better and their, their season be as best as they can. So we're just excited for that. But in the series, The, the Heart, we're going to be talking week two about, about life giving. And so we're going to go into uh, this, the second part. But let's review last week so you can kind of catch up to what we talked about so we know, we know what we're kind of talking about today. So series in the heart. Last week we said a scripture that Jesus quoted. Um, he said that in Matthew six twenty one that wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, so wherever we wherever we put our value, whatever's important to us, our heart always follows that. And we said one of the easiest ways is just look how you handle your resources, and that'll give you an indication of what's most important to you. And that was Jesus' point of the point of the the the, the, story, the, pair, the teaching last week was he wants us to pay attention to where our hearts hearts are because that's. Out of that is where we make choices and, and we can do things in the world. We, a few things we said last week is we give because it declares God is first. It's so talking about the principle of giving in the Bible is really about putting God first. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's a statement of faith that we make to say, God, you're first, and then you're going to bless the rest. You're going to take care of the rest. You're going to help me to do more uh, with the rest than I would with my, by myself. And so we give to God because he first gave to us. Uh, we said that giving is probably the verb that really sums up the Bible, is God loved the world so much that he gave. It was an action, right? He did something about it. He just didn't leave us the way we were, but he gave. And because of that, we should be people that love giving and being, being generous. And then we said we give because it helps others and it helps us. Um, something happens in our lives when we give away our time, our resources, our energy. Uh, we actually um, find out what's really important in life, and it helps us to keep our hearts right. So that was last week about love giving. And, and honestly, if, if, you're a, if you're a Christ follower, this is one of the things God wants us to love, is to love to give of ourselves, of our time, of our energy, uh, the moments that we have, and even our resources. And so we talked about that last week. So this week we're going to talk about being life-giving. What does that look like as, a, as an individual, as a person? So if you're, if you're a guest to our church, I just wanted to tell you a little about, about the history of our church. You're going to learn a little bit about our story. Uh, but if you're new to this, maybe, maybe you're not a Christian or you're just, you just come to see what the Grove's about. Um, we want to say welcome, and, and your, your, um, your questions are safe here, and, and we're glad you came. And I think it's going to help you to understand. And what we do is, is every single week we try to bring some kind of truth uh, from the Bible that helps us to, to just be challenged with one thing this week, um, to walk out and, and to live. And so if you're not a Christian, uh, we use a lot of the words of the, the Bible that Jesus taught, his teachings. And we look at the Old Testament and, and tie those together to see how it helps us to live lives that impact others and do good for the world. Um, and so I'm going to tell you a little, about, a little about the Grove. In 2014, we started. So it's been three years as a church. Well, a year before we started, um, I began to – my wife and I and the team began to prepare for our church to, to start. And I have a good friend that I grew up with, um, and he, he's an entrepreneur. He started his own roofing company. 
And uh, he was interested about the church. He's like, man, this is interesting. You're going to start a church. I started a company. His company had been going for a while now and doing really well. And so he said he, he, he wanted to sit down and just ask questions. Like, what does this look like to start a church? That's a really interesting concept idea. So we sat at my, my table, and we went and just talk about it, telling him the plan and what, what, was gonna, what it was going to look like and all of that. And he said, well, Eric, can I give you advice on, on, your, on your church? And I'm like, sure. Let me get a paper because I think I'm going to write this down. And so I go get, my, get this paper. I come back, and he's sitting across the table. And he says, well, Eric, first of all, and he starts it like this. He says, I hate church. <laughs> I hate religion. Uh, I probably won't be at your church very often. I'll come visit because it's you. I'll check it out. Um, but, but I want to give you advice. I'm like, okay, I, I want to hear this. It's going to be interesting. And he says, Eric, if you start church, do me a favor. He said, don't suck. I'm like, make your church fun. Can we, can we laugh in your church? That would be okay. And I write, don't suck. This is really good advice. I'm like, Matt, I really don't want our church to suck either. And I knew what he was saying, but there's something deeper in here that I'll tell you about in a little bit. Um, so he says, don't suck. I'm like, okay, take, point taken. He says, can, can we have fun? Can we laugh in your service? Will that be okay? I'm like, yes, uh, laughter is okay in church. We're going to be good. He says, engage us. Make it fun for us. I'm like, okay. Um, and then he says, would you make it fun for my kids? And I'm like, all right, because that's it. That's all my advice I have to give you is, is don't suck. <laughs> can make it fun and, and uh, make it fun for my kids. And, and he says, because here's, here's the reason he said that is because I, he goes once or twice a year. And he says, I have to drag my kids there. And they don't like it. I don't like it. And we go out of obligation. We go out of this. And he says, it would be nice to be able to go somewhere where I would actually enjoy it. I just said, I said, uh, I told him, you're going to like our church. And, uh, and he's come a couple times. In fact, his kids came, went to G Kids. And he tells me, man, they are always asking to go back because your church is so, the kids are so fun. So I'm like, hey, we checked those off and uh, we, we took his advice. But it was great. But here's what's so funny about that advice, I think, more than anything. And, and it really, um, one of the pictures that we wanted to use to represent a church community is the Aspen Grove up in, up in the mountain. Uh, I thought it was a perfect picture of what really a church is supposed to be. The Aspen Grove, they're intertwined underneath the ground, so they all help each other. Um, and in, in a healthy grove, you have different ages. You have old, you have young. And um, whenever there's a grove that's only one age, they're susceptible to disease, and, and they usually don't last very long. But then there's multiple generations. They keep each other healthy. They watch out for each other. Uh, just pretty amazing. Uh, just just uh, the largest, world's largest living organism is, is an Aspen Grove in Utah. It's massive because they're, they're, they're all interconnected. It's just amazing. And I thought that's a beautiful picture of a church, that we should be interconnected. We should be connected in ways that we're helping others. And I began to just study the grove and like to learn. And I, and I read this. this they say a, a, new, a new shoot from, from another aspen is called a suckling. And I'm like, that is so funny. That's awesome. It's a suckling because sucklings have to suck from another tree, right? They, they suck. And my friend is telling me don't suck. And I'm thinking, okay, we can't suck. We've got to be a good church. We've got to be a cool church. We've got to be fun, all that stuff. We can't suck. And, and when I read suckling, it kind of made sense. Like, oh, I get this. So uh, somebody that sucks from others is somebody who drains energy, somebody that takes from others, somebody that, that is only about them. And, and a suckling, a new, new tree that's coming up, a new aspen, that, that's fine. Like a little baby, right? We're okay with, with babies uh, sucking from us, being able to be sustained because they can't do it on their own. Well, the same thing as this little suckling aspen tree that grows up. There's a point where it will not make it if it doesn't have another some, connected to something else that's, that's, that's giving energy and giving uh, the, the nutrients that it needs. Um, and I came, around, I came across this word called altru- altruistic. Uh, interesting word. And it means that, it, that this, if you're altruistic, you put your own agenda, your own things aside to be able to help somebody else. And this is what trees do. It's pretty amazing. Like when there's a sick tree, another, uh, the mother tree or whatever, it'll, it'll divert its nutrients to be able to help take care of that one. It's altruistic. It's not just about itself. And in our, in our launch team meeting, we began to talk about the Grove. and said, what would it look like if we were a church that was altruistic? What if we did church that wasn't just for us? It's not church for us, but it's church for the, for the unchurched. What if we did church for the, those that are seeking and trying to figure out what, what God is all about, his plans for life? 
What if we did church in such a way that would engage people that don't want anything to do with church? That would be altruistic. That means we put our agenda aside and say, we don't just do things we like. We do things that are going to help people connect to God. And so in this journey, we said we're going to be a life-giving church. We're going to be life-giving. And so today I want, I want to challenge you. Is when, when it comes to following God and when it comes to following Christ, really the invitation is to be like him. And what kind of God is he? He's a life-giving God. Um, and we have the opportunity to be life-giving or you can suck. And uh, it's your choice. I would, I would encourage you to be life-giving and not the other one because people avoid those that only suck. And so as individuals, I would give you the same advice. Uh, don't suck. All right? This week, don't suck. Uh, when you go to work, don't suck. Uh, don't, don't show up and, and be ready to give, be ready to, to help, be ready to, to encourage. In fact, the Bible says that, um, that in the words that we speak, they have power to kill or they have power to give life. Every single, single thing we say gives is the ability to speak life or to speak death. It says you have to choose, choose wisely how you use your words because when, you, when they leave your mouth, they're going to either create life or they're going to create death. And our whole life is like that. We walk every single day. Are we life-giving or are we sucking are we taking are we um, taking away life and and making it hard for others so this series uh really saying uh, what would a generous life look like if we followed god in this um in luke 6 37 through 38 jesus is talking about the teaching he says this he says judge not and you will not be judged condemn not and you will not be condemned forgive and you will and you will be forgiven if you give it will be given to you a good measure pressed down shaken together running over will be poured into your lap for with the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you so in the context of this jesus is saying your life whatever you give in your life expect it to come back he's referring to one of the first laws god created called the seed time and harvest it's a law of, of, of harvest time it's you, you plant a seed and you get something back you put an apple seed in the ground you get an apple tree right but here's the principle one apple seed is not just one apple tree one apple seed actually turns into an apple tree that then has a whole bunch of apples that has a whole bunch of what inside of them Seeds. So the potential on one seed is actually not one tree, but it's millions and millions of trees, right? So our lives are like this. The things that we do, it's not just a one-time thing. It actually is going to turn into something else and grow and become something. And Jesus says this. If you give judgment, if you're walking around judging everybody, what can you expect back? I'm sorry, did you say something? What? <laughs> judgment. Okay. If you condemn others, what do you expect back? If you are condemnation, yeah, if you give, if you're generous with people, what would you expect back? Generosity, love, all these, these things, right? And that's the principle, but it's not just a little bit back. It's going to be multiplied. So when we judge others, when we're jerks, when we're angry on the road, right, we can expect back more anger, more drivers that are crazy, right? We can expect those things back. But if we're kind, we can expect kindness back to us. So he's saying the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And the context is everything with your life. Um, how you handle your resources. You expect it back, good things to come back to you. And he goes on and says this in the same teaching a little later down. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. You can recognize an apple tree because it has apples on it, right? You can recognize a jerk because it has jerk apples all around them, right? I guess you could pair it like that, something. Yeah. So you recognize by their own fruit. People don't pick fig trees from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his what? Heart. An evil man brings up evil things from the evil things stored up in his heart. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. If you listen to your words, you will know what your heart is full of. If you listen to the way you speak to people, you'll know what your heart's full of. That's what Jesus is saying. Out of our heart, the mouth speaks. Like There's something inside of it and us, and it comes out. So out of the good... Good things are produced. Out of the evil, evil things are produced. 
And this is over and over through the Bible. God is saying, pay attention to the heart because out of the heart, all the other issues of life is what flows from there. Like the way, you, the way you view life, it comes from here. The way you handle things, it comes from here. The way you handle your words, your resources, your time, your relationships, it comes from the heart. A tree is known by its fruit. Remember this in 2 Corinthians 9, 6-11. Paul says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Same idea Jesus talking about there. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So Paul's saying this, that when, when it's time to give of our lives, and in some cases in this, he's actually talking about money in this sense of helping others. He, the, the, the church in Corinthians is going to help the poor believers in, in, in Israel, and so in Jerusalem. And so he's, he's encouraging them. You set your hearts to do this. Remember to, to do it with the right motive. Remember to do it with the right motive. And today we're going to be challenging you to prepare, prepare and pray about Feed One, uh, sponsoring a kid in Haiti for $10 a month. And he says this, you, you have to decide in your heart how much you're going to give. Don't do it reluctantly or out of response for pressure. So at our church, we never want to put pressure. That's why you've been building it up to say, prepare for this. Pray about it. Talk with your family. Talk with your, your spouse to make sure you're on the same page. And in fact, I'm going to say today is, is as we get at the end of service, towards the end of service, as we get ready to, to fill out cards, um, if you're not ready, don't do it. Like if you haven't thought about it, if, if you're not um, excited about it, don't do it. Wait until you are. Take it home and pray, pray for it for the week and bring it back next week. Um, don't, don't do things out of the wrong motive. All right. And then he goes on and says this. The scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one, and he's quoting Psalms 112 there. If you want to read the, the whole chap, the whole verse, uh, the whole uh, um, chapter of Psalms 112, really, really good. Uh, they share freely, give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. He's talking about how people that live their lives, it continues on. For God is the one who produces seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you'll be enriched in every way so you can always be generous. Here's the picture that, that the Bible is trying to paint for us, that the lives we live are going to impact people around us. When you live looking for opportunities to give, God will produce generosity in you, and he'll do amazing things in your life. But here's a few points from these scriptures we just read. First one is this. We can only reproduce who we are. We can only reproduce who we are. So in our lives, if you want to do good in your life, you're going to be able to do the good that you do. You, you plant seeds, you do good. Uh, your kids that you raise, they're going to reflect you. Um, in, your, in our lives, we can only produce a good tree where it produces good fruit, and it will produce more good trees, right? It, we produce who we are. If a negative tree is going to reproduce negative results. Our words, negative words will only reproduce more negative words. This is the, the principle of reproduction. It's the principle, person, the principle of us using our lives to do good for others. Uh, but we can only do it. Now, in fact, I would say one of the best things you can do for our world is, is be the best person that you could possibly be. Allow God to work in your heart to become the best person you could possibly be because you're going to reproduce yourself and others. See, we always think, well, I'll help others. But no, if you start here um, and let God work in your heart, you'll actually have a, a bigger impact in life than just trying to do good for everybody else in your own life. And a good question to ask following that would be this. When our, um, what would the world look like if everyone followed your example? What would, what would the world look like if they followed the way you work? To be, be a world that works hard and hustles? What would the world look like if everybody drove like you? Ooh. If you drive bad, man, can you imagine? Like, what if everybody was cutting off people like I am right now? Man, that'd be bad. 
What if everybody was honking at everybody like I am right now? Man, that would be bad, right? Or, man, I, I left 10 minutes earlier than I needed to, so I'm not in a rush. And poor guy behind me that left five minutes late, he's in a rush. And, um, right, if you, if, you lived, if you lived this way in school, um, your kids, what if your kids spoke the same way you speak? What kind of kids are they, they going to become? It's, it's, the, it's the principle of we are reproducing who we are. We're, we're, we're pouring out and things are happening. Another, another point I want to make in this is when our hearts are right, we can expect, expect amazing results. When we give out of the right motives, we can always expect amazing results. We, uh, last week we talked about giving and, and the principle of giving in the Bible, how God is saying, I want to know where your heart is. That's why he asks us to give because it's a test of our heart. And then he actually says when we do it first, we actually test him, and then we allow him to open the heavens. And he says, Just watch, I'll open the heavens, I'll do some amazing things. And every time we give of our lives, we can expect good to come back in good measure, right? So, but when we do it in the right motive, God blesses the person who gives with the right motives, not with the wrong motives. And here's what happens. When you give because you have a motive, you're going to be very disappointed because when it comes back to you, it might not be the exact same thing that you thought it was going to be. You know, the, the $100 you gave might not come back as $1,000 or $100. It might come back as a healthy relationship that was, that, was, that was fixed, which sometimes is way better than money, right? And when we give the wrong way, we expect wrong, and then we're disappointed. But he said if you give the right motive and just let me take care of it, I'm going to bless you in ways you never imagined, and that's so much greater. And one of the ways you can gauge this is if nobody ever found out about this, if, 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 um, if, if, if I never got paid back for what I'm about to do, that's the right motive. If you're doing something knowing that that person may never pay you back, you got it. You're doing it with the right motive because it's not about what you get. It's about what you can give. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 through 14 says, You know the, the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. So that by his power, he could make you rich. Here's my advice. And then he goes into them talking about that they're going to raise their, the money they wanted to help the poor people in Jerusalem. Uh, last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin doing it. Now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. So Paul's saying, pay attention here. Like, learn to, to, learn to budget. Learn to, to manage well what God's given you. Give in proportion to what you have. Next, next slide says, whatever you give... Whatever you give is acceptable if you give eagerly, the right motive, right? And give according to what you have, not what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. Um, he says, of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easier for others and hard for yourselves. I love how Paul puts this. When you give with the right motive, you're not going to get yourself in a position that you, you hurt yourself because you give knowing I'm going to help others, but I know God's going to take care of me. If this, is a, this is a management um, uh, issue when it comes to finances a lot of times. It's not that we don't have enough. We just don't manage them correctly. And that's what Paul is saying. Make sure you manage it well. You want to help others, but you don't want to do it to the expense of hurting yourself and hurting your family. Um, but do it so you can bring some equality. Uh, right now, you have plenty. You can give to those and help those who need. Later, they will have plenty, and they can share with you when you need it. In this, thing, in this way, things will be equal. So here's the thing. We can only give what we have. And I would ask you, make sure you learn to manage. Manage well the resources, your time, your, your energy, your finances, your relationships. Manage them well. Uh, that you can be, you can be a, a life-giving person. Um, Amelia Earhart said, like, said this, great quote, The single act of kindness throws out roots in all directions, and the roots, they spring up and make new trees. The greatest work, the greatest work of kindness does to others, that does to others is that it makes them kind themselves. So you plant these seeds of kindness, and it shoots into all these other trees of kindness, right? And it's just the greatest thing about it, though, is it makes those people kind also. Back in 2014 in Bear, Vermont, I heard a story of a nurse. She got off a 12-hour shift. She went to her local diner, L&M, 
uh, diner to go eat her usual end of shift meal, pancakes and hot chocolate. As she finished her meal, she went up to pay the counter, the, the cashier. She's waiting in line, and she felt really compelled to do something. Like, I need to do good for somebody. I need to do something. So she began to look around. She spotted a family in the corner and said um, to the cashier, I'm going to pay for their tab. All right, so put that on mine. I'll take care of it today. She paid it up. It, it totaled $40, around $40, and she went away and didn't think anything of it. An anonymous gift to a family in the corner. A few days later, after her shift, she comes back, and the manager tells um, – her name's Kathleen Connor. She comes back and says, Kathleen, you'll never guess what happened. You paid for that family. Well, that day, you started a ripple effect. Your act of kindness started a chain reaction where 46 patrons paid for 46 other people's meals. And it just began going on and on and on the whole day. Pretty amazing. And, and this, this off-duty nurse did something great, and the effects of it began to just to multiply and multiply. When, when we're generous and we're compassionate or we're kind, we never know the seed that we're giving to somebody else or we're planting, what it'll turn into. And when done with the right motives, it always does more than we ever imagined or thought. Uh, Winston Churchill says this about life. He says, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Life is not just about me and getting and getting and getting, but it's about what can I do with my life to help others? How can I help others? Um, in, in G Kids, they're going to be showing some videos, and they've been talking to the kids to, to pitch in. They said, as a kids ministry, how many kids can we sponsor this next year? Um, and so the kids started to say, I'm going to bring an offering to help sponsor a couple kids. And so they're going to find out today how many. I don't know. G Kids might be sponsoring two or three kids um, for this next year. I don't know how many they're going to sponsor, but I want to show you a video that they're going to see. I hope Mark becomes a computer engineer, right? Because somebody said, I'm going to sponsor a kid. I'm going to help kids to break the cycle of poverty and do something. Uh, that's cool. And our, our kids are going to team up and say, let's sponsor some kids in Haiti. Let's feed them. Let's help them. So why Haiti? January 12, 2010, um, in the afternoon, there was an earthquake that hit, and a quarter of a million people died in one single day. Uh, it devastated Haiti, which was already a pretty, very poor country before this happened, but just had this huge impact. Uh, 1.5 million people became homeless. Um, when I was in Haiti in September, we passed by this uh, memorial. It's a mass grave where they buried 100,000 people because there were so many people that died. Uh, they, they wanted to you know, keep, keep disease and stuff away. So uh, they, they had this, this memorial you could pass by and uh, just the impact. Uh, one of our guides that was, was taking us, he said that the day that the earthquake happened, um, he was supposed to be at school, but his family had to go help a family member do something. And he missed school that day, and the earthquake happened, and all of his classmates were killed. Uh, he survived because somebody asked him to do something else. Um, incredible. They said they're still trying to work through all that. Uh, we asked him some questions about, about um, just this, this, the life and the Haitians live. Uh, a day laborer will make um, um, two two fifty a day. Uh, unemployment's at eighty percent in Haiti. Um, they'll make two fifty a day. A good day laborer will make uh, six dollars a day. Uh, one of the guys said, uh, you know, uh, the Marriott. Um, if, if if our family was to stay there for one night, it would take me a whole year to save up just to stay at the Marriott. Um, and here I am, uh, you know, visiting their country, and guess what hotel I'm staying at? Uh, the Marriott. So it would take him a whole year to save up, you know. I was there, um, one, one of the, the hotel that they chose for us, and, and just, just it gave perspective to me to say, wow, um, I, I have, and uh, I hope I use my life to help others. Um, so why feed one? Why are we partnering? So that's Haiti. Why feed one? Uh, well, feed, feed one, $10 a day feeds one child for a whole month, which I think is pretty spectacular. Spectacular. Uh, one question we, I, I've been hearing a lot from our church, which is great, is if I sponsor kids in other parts of the world, do I need to switch over? And I'm like, man, over and over I hear these conversations. I'm like, that's so awesome. There's a lot of you that sponsor kids through Compassion and different organizations. And I said, no, keep, keep doing that. If you can't continue on, then don't do Feed One, but keep doing good for those, those people. 
Uh, my family's been sponsoring a kid in Ethiopia for years. Um, and it costs more to, to sponsor because they're doing education, they're doing clothing, they're doing food. Feed One is coming alongside these organizations saying, let's help with the food aspect. Because what happens is when we're talking to the, to the teachers and the, the schools there is, is when a kid doesn't have food to eat, the family doesn't have food, um, they don't send them to school. They send them to go work and do other things. But if there's a reason for them to go to school besides just education but to get food, the parents send them. And so it, it actually builds the bridge for more kids to get there. Um, and so with, with Feed One, what's great is they're not by themselves. Um, they're part of Haiti One, which is, which is an umbrella uh, organization that says, what if we got the best of all these organizations that are doing good, came together and said, how can we have a holistic approach that would help a lot of people know, be able to break the, the cycles of poverty and break the cycles that have been in, in their country for years? And so they have, uh, they have trade schools. And once the kid gets to a certain age, they want to start teaching teach them trades that they can have a, a, a better job. Um, because a lot of times kids leave before school at ninth grade because they have to go work. Well, they say, what if we give them a reason to come? And they give free trade school to these kids to be able to learn. Uh, they have women empowerment programs. They have microloans. Uh, they'll ask farmers if, if, if they'll loan them money um, if, they'll, if they'll work their program. And, in fact, it's almost like uh, they, they take that money and they invest it into another farmer. And, and they have a 95% success rate um, of these farmers who get in this program because they're teaching them principles. And they're really the biblical principles. But they're, they're teaching them. So what you do is they say they teach them the, how to, you know, the rotation of the ground, all these different principles of, of farming, and then they teach them how to how to do it right. They say this is the commitment. You, uh, we lend you this money. Uh, you you start your 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 agriculture farming. You commit to to give 10% back to feed one so that we can feed kids with it. You save 10% so you can uh, reinvest that into the ground to have more more product, right? More more food, uh, whatever you're growing. Um, and they use out of that 80% to live on and to sell so you can you can support your family. 95% success rate. What's cool is 10% of all the food that goes to Feed One comes from Haiti. Uh, their, their goal is by 2020 to have 50% of that food come from local farmers. And eventually it would be so self-sustaining that no food comes from outside, but just within Haiti. They're, 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 it's, it's, just, it's amazing. So all these organizations come together, and uh, they work together to, to have a, a more holistic approach of saying, we're not going to just – you've heard the problem, right? You, give, you can give a, a man a fish and feed him for a day, or you could teach a man to fish and feed him for a lifetime – that's kind of the, the approach here is what if we came alongside and said, let's not just give a hand out. Let's give them a hand up. Let's get them educated. Let's begin to teach them so that they can begin to run with this on their own, and they don't need us. And at some point, that would be so cool. They don't need us because they're able to sustain and do things. That's really the heart of saying, and then they were generous and help other people. Um, but that's all information. All right, let me show you. Um, oh, right now, Haiti, Feed One feeds 1% of the population, the whole entire population. There's, there's 100,000 kids that are getting fed. Uh, throughout the world, Feed One feeds 160,000. Uh, by 2020, they want to take that number to 200,000. They want to see it double, uh, and 50% coming from local. Uh, right now, all school-age kids, 12% of them are fed uh, by, by Mission of Hope, which is a, a, with, they get schooling, and then Feed One comes alongside and gives them food. Pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, but that's information, so let's see some faces with this because I think we need to see faces. When I went there, I met some kids uh, that were in schools. Uh, I went to visit a couple places of orphanages. So when there was that many people that died, there was an orphan crisis because a lot of parents died. So there a lot of kids that didn't have family, didn't have or, uh, parents. So orphanages were started, um, trying to figure out ways to do it. Um, go to the next one for me. So we saw schools, uh, churches. We were able to, to walk and just see, just see uh, these kids who were getting this, making a difference. Uh, next one is a, pa- a picture of pastors. I went with eight pastors. And this next few months, they're all presenting to their churches saying, what if our church came together and said, we, let's see how many kids we can sponsor and feed? Um, the guy on the top left, Chris Hongson, is a pastor from California who helped start Feed One. 
which is an initiative Convoy of Hope, and we partnered with them and figured out how can we do something very simple to make a big impact. Um, and they've been doing this for a while. It's pretty amazing. Other pastors in that picture, actually a lot of them helped us start the Grove. They, they gave financially the churches to help us start the church. It was pretty amazing to be able to go with these guys and just see uh, uh, pastors who are life-giving and want to do good. Uh, next picture is a picture of a, of a warehouse uh, where Haiti One's come together. It says, what if we're able to work together, Mission of Hope and Feed One and all these different other organizations to do good. Uh, the, the white vehicle is, is a, a vehicle that was bought by, by students who did fundraisers like Bike for Light and other things. Um, to help missionaries that, that need to take um, good stuff from the gospel around the world. They bought them that. Pretty cool. Uh, in the warehouse, they, they distribute all the food that comes in for Feed One. Um, they, they package it. People come in and help package it and stuff like that. Uh, so you can see pictures of that. One of the whole um, aisles was full of Tom's shoes, Tom's boxes of shoes. It's pretty cool. And the reason I put this is because I learned something about Tom's is they don't just give the shoes. One of the very few organizations that do good they actually pay for the expense of the distribution also, which a lot of times ministries or, or organizations that get help, they actually can't do anything with it because they don't have the resources to be able to distribute it. And so Tom says, we understand that. So we're going to pay for the shipping. We're going to pay the people to help distribute it. And so you can, you can employ people and stuff like that. Pretty amazing. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, covers was expensive. Uh, next picture is a picture of um, Jason Dickinson, one of our overseers. His church uh, did feed one a year ago, two years ago. And uh, they've been sponsoring kids for a while. A team went and, and met the orphanage, and they bought a freezer for the orphanage. Pretty cool. Uh, they met a young lady named Justine from Albuquerque uh, who, who went down to work with, with, with uh, Mission of Hope, ended up lo- falling in love with Haiti and said, I need to do more. So she moved down there and started a business, a uh, bakery, and she's employing Haitians and teaching them how to, how to start their own bakery. They sell the, the food at wholesale to the people so they can take it and sell it so they can have jobs. Pretty, pretty amazing just how they're trying to help people to rebuild and do some good things. My favorite person I met, though, is a young man, 15 years old. Um, the orphanage we visited, his name is Junior. And uh, Junior spoke English really good. He's one of the oldest kids in the orphanage. Um, we heard the story about this lady. She was a lawyer. Uh, she got held up by gunpoint by two teenagers. Um, and she said, put the gun away. Let's talk. What do you really need? It's not just money. And they said, we're just, we're, we need food. Uh, we, we, we can't do anything. So she left her practice and started an orphanage. Pretty amazing. Well, he's one of the oldest ones in there. And so I was there, got to meet him and just encourage him and, and told him uh, God has good plans for his life. And it's obvious that God gave him the gift of leadership. How he uses that, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing. And we talked for a while. Just It's great to meet. And here's the thing. We never know the impact we make when we just do something with our lives. Um, I want to show you one video that I think sums it up of, of what we're really trying to accomplish and do. Watch this video. I go to bed, I have no food in my stomach. If I don't have enough food, I, I can't concentrate in my studying and I can't understand what my teacher was saying to me. Thank you because the food that they give to us will will not be will not be wasted.
this November. I'm in college. I'm taking up hotel and restaurant services. By God's grace, uh, we have our food now. I'm so grateful and I will be forever grateful that Convoy of Hope is as a sponsor of our church for me to continue my study and have my meal. Sometimes before, I'm thinking that we're the, the most <laughs> poor people in the world, but as I'm uh, looking around uh, here at our community, I saw a lot of people, they were more more than us. Studying hard now um, for my future and someday I promise to myself I'm going to help them, help, help my community here, our community and our church that and I will I'm someday become the sponsor of our church. And like you guys. It's pretty amazing, right? So, so good. They flew Kate. It's been about eight years since uh, they started the process with her, and uh, it was a couple years ago they filmed this video. They brought her to, to California this last year to meet some pastors. She's like a movie star because a lot of churches and pastors have seen her story. So they're taking pictures with her to go take back to their churches and just say thank you for sponsoring uh, kids like Kate. And here's the thing. We, we, we think of Feed One. We think of the – a lot of times I think the, the, the thousands, the millions of people, kids that need food. Uh, but, but what you're doing is you're helping raise up another Kate. Uh, it's not the thousands and millions. It's that single individual. It's that junior. It's that Kate. It's the it's the ones that that, um, that we can have an impact on. So do me a favor. Get your packet that you were handed as you came in. Um, go ahead and pull those out. I'm gonna have them turn on the lights for a second, and you'll see why we don't do lights because it's gonna drown out everything. Uh, but I'm gonna pull this up so you can see. Um, not not very complicated. It's a very simple process. I'll walk you through it. Uh, but there should be a pen in your packet. Um, there should be um, a couple papers. You can take some with you and keep those. And in your packet, what we're going to do is, um, if, you've, if you're ready to do this, um, go ahead and start filling it out. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to fill it out along with you as I, as I speak, just so you know uh, we're, we're a part of this. My family's been praying and saying, what can we do? I talked to my daughter, and she was excited about feeding kids, and, and she wants to feed kids. So we're going to make a plan and figure out how she can sponsor her kids that she wants to sponsor. Uh, just very exciting. Uh, but, but here's the thing is, is um, it, it's, the goal for us is the church is to say, let's make an impact. Whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like for us, let's just do something. Um, no pressure if you were not ready. Take this home. Think about it more. Pray about it if you need to. Um, but if you did come today, we'd love for you to be a part of this. Uh, one child is only $10. There's some boxes on the top. You can check more if you want more. Uh, but go ahead and put your information, uh, your full name. And they're just going to ask you for your credit card information. This would be for a debit card or whatever you want to put that on. And it'll just be recurring. They'll set up recurring every month to debit whatever amount that is that you're – how many kids you're sponsoring. You can put the information. Here's the thing with, with the envelope we gave you. It's a self-sealed envelope. So as soon as you're done, we're going to ask you to put that envelope and seal it. Um, at the end of service, we'll have one lady, Nikki. She's going to be picking up the packets on the way out. And so one person will be handling it. I'll be FedExing it tomorrow. Uh, they'll put the information in, in their system and then destroy these. 
And so they've, they've processed thousands of these. They've never had an incident. So just to give you some reassurance that your information will be safe and it won't be out there. Uh, but take a moment to fill this out. Once you're done filling out, you put it in that self-sealing envelope. We'll collect those at the end. Pretty, pretty simple. You know, from this, um, this next week of Thanksgiving on through Christmas, the new year, um, you know, they say that suicide rates, they, they, go up, they, they go up really high, that through the whole year, we'll see more suicides from Thanksgiving through the new year than we do the rest of the year. It's so high uh, because of what I think the season brings, um, uh, some of the things that, that play, play into the, the, the mindset and, and, the, and what people are feeling. And so one of the things, if, if you're interested in doing good, there's, there's a couple things I would encourage, like the story of, of, um, of Katie, Kathleen, who did good at that restaurant. Uh, we, we always have cards out there. They're, they're acts of kindness cards. It just says, hello, I gave because he gave. Have a fantastic day. And it has some information about just the Grove on the back if they're interested. Um, you don't have to have one of these to do it. You can do it without one of these. Uh, but it's, it's pretty, pretty cool when you do something like that. You go to the, to the, the drive-thru, right, and you pay for your coffee, and you say, can I pay for the next car uh, back, their coffee to you? And, uh, you know, give them a card, and they say it, and the next person gets in. It's like, wow, somebody, you know, thought they did a generous deed. Whatever that is, um, there's different ways you can, you can do it. But through this season, I would just say let your heart be open. Look for opportunities where you can do good. Um, being generous is not just about giving money. Uh, in fact, I think it's, being generous is more really a lot of times about your time, your energy, and, and giving of yourself and of your life to help others um, to succeed. And, and what would life look like if everybody responded the way we responded? Uh, we would see a lot more people fed. Uh, we'd see a lot less stress. We'd see uh, happier homes and families and, and workplaces if we would begin to live in that kind of way of just being generous. Uh, so if you took, if you if you fill that out, you go ahead and um, seal it up, and at the end you, you could put it in the. There's a, there's a she'll be holding, Nikki will be holding a silver container. If you have more questions, we'd love to to help you do that. But uh, you can take that out. If, if you weren't ready, you can bring it back next week. Or if you have more questions about it, I'd love to answer some questions. Uh, but I'll be. Uh, uh, informing us this next couple of weeks when, once you get information how many kids are getting sponsored from our church and then in the future i would love for us to go visit uh, the community that we're sponsoring all those kids to go see what else we can do to help help them to, to do even better with their lives and to make some amazing changes um, today as as we wrap up service i want to give an opportunity um, for us um, just to um, to help people who who uh, they maybe you came today you're looking for something more um, they turn the lights on. I'm going to have them turn it off now. We should be kind of wrapping that up and finishing it. Uh, if you need more time, you could also use a table outside. That's fine. You could turn it in after service. There's no, no rush on that. Uh, but there's every single week, we have people who come to our service. And this might be you as you listen. You know, we talk about generosity. We talk about life-giving. We talk about how uh, God has, he wants to use our lives to do good. And, and there's people that they find themselves in a place where you just, you just sense that you're missing something. Um, you know, the Bible, Bible says that when, when we live a life that's separated from God, uh, sin causes separation, and we live a life separated from God, we just miss out on the best that God has. And, and there's people here today who you're missing out on the best that God has. And in fact, uh, until you commit your life to God, and until you begin to trust him, you will really never fulfill the potential you, are, you have to, to, to live in life. Because God has so much for us if we would learn to follow his lead and allow him in our, to our lives. Um, and today... Uh, there's some people in this room, as, as we talk about it, you want to be that kind of person that's life-giving. Like, you want to reflect God. You want to do good in this world. You want, you want it, but there's, there's this disconnect where you don't feel it. You don't sense it. You don't, you, you, you're missing it. In fact, one, one 
Um, one person says it like this, that there's this God-shaped hole inside of our lives, and only God can fill that one void in our life. We try for many different things, substance, spending, alcohol, all these different things, but it never satisfies. It's never fulfilling. And God says, because you were created for a relationship with me. And today, some of you have this in your life. It's a void. You're missing. And God is saying, would you just let me lead you? Would you let me help you to become the kind of person I intended you to become? And so today, I want to give an opportunity for those who came that would, would, would be willing to say, that's me. Um, I need God in my life. I've been missing something. I need him to help me. Uh, see, so our choices, the Bible says all of us sin, all of us make mistakes. And those choices separate us from God. But today, I want to invite you to say, would you ask God to come back in? Would you ask God to lead your life? So do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads today as we wrap this service up? Um, if that's you, I would love to lead you in a prayer. I'll pray, for, I'll pray with you from your seat. I won't ask you to come to the front. But if that's you, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand so I know you're here. Um, if you're in your seat, would you just say, that's me. I, I need to pray this prayer. I need God to work in my life. Uh, I want to invite him to lead. It's a simple prayer of, of, of an invitation for relationship. And then God wants to lead us on this journey after that. So that if that's you today and you're here and you say, I, I need God in my life. I want him to help me on this journey. And I've, 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 I want to fix the things that are broken. And I'm going to ask him to help me today. If that's you, would you let me know you're here by just lifting your hands so I see it? Awesome. I see your hands. I see your hands. Anybody else? Awesome. All right. I'll you to raise your hand. I'm just leading you in a simple prayer. Saying, God, would you, would you lead me and guide me, help me on this journey? So if you pray, if you raise your hand, pray this prayer. If you're a believer, a Christ follower in this room, would you join us in praying? So they're not praying alone. Say this day, say, Father God, today I invite you into my life. I acknowledge that I can't do it on my own. And I need you. Forgive me of my sins, of my choices that have led, that have led me away from you. I believe you sent your son to die on that cross for me. And today I accept it. Help me to be everything you want me to be. Lead me and guide me. I put my faith in you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.